Hello, this is John from Dirty Harry Minute Headquarters. Happy New Year from myself, Trent and Tim. Thank you so very much for listening to our podcast this past year. Uh, It means a hell of a lot. As you can see, we now have only two minutes remaining on the podcast. Can you believe it? Uh, I can't wait to record the episodes. It's it's just been about finding time to get everyone together. But don't worry, I'm sure there'll be super long episodes. All jokes must go. All tenuous links with other films, I'm sure, will be brought up by yours truly. And, yeah, hopefully we still have something meaningful to say about the movie as we wade into the the mercifully short credits that they had back in the 70s. Uh, big thanks to Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer over at Star Wars Minute. Um, we've brought them uh, up a few times. If you're not aware, they started this whole uh, Minutes by Minutes enterprise. Um, in particular, though, we continue to thank Pete Mummett, Jerry Porter and Tom Taylor over at Indiana Jones Minute, um, particularly for me personally, showing me that I could do the same thing. You know, I could rope in my two best buddies to talk about a movie that we all love and that's brought us closer together all these years than we've joked and and talked about many times so thank you to everyone uh, who started this enterprise up look and i'd encourage all of you to start your own podcast remember you can you can do it at your own pace you can see how unprofessional we've been (laughs) yeah do it at your own pace we you may remember started releasing two podcasts a week and when that proved unmanageable at the end, we reduced to one a month, and uh, we have very lame humour and um, superficial reviews of the movie. Uh, it's really been a lot of fun, although Trent recently said that it ruined the whole movie for him. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, if you're still listening, it probably hasn't done that to you. Um, I've enjoyed Dirty Harry Minutes so very, very much, um, but of course, a little part of me, no small part of me, is glad that it's finally over. And I'm very prideful that we've successfully completed it, fingers crossed. I don't want to jinx myself. We've still got those two episodes to record, but I will get it done hook by crook, even if it's just me solo. Many of you have asked whether we will continue the podcast with Magnum Force Minute. And while I'd love to do it one day, I think, unfortunately... The immediate answer has to be no. Um, On a personal note, my wife and I are expecting the birth of our twins in March, so the timing for everything has worked out so well with this podcast coming to an end, but I don't think I'd be able to take on another one. Um, Let me know. Do you think Harry ever had kids in or out of wedlock? Let us know at dirtyharryminute.com or at Facebook. Um, he managed, maybe he managed to police the city of San Francisco while raising children. I don't know, but I think it's going to be pretty difficult with a podcast. Uh, Walt Murray of The Wild Ride uh, suggested we do audio commentary style episodes for the sequels next year. And that could be just the ticket um, in the future, I'm not sure. But in the meantime, the feed will remain active. Please continue to like, subscribe. Um, We'll be uploading a few bonus episodes over the next year of things we have in the tank already. Um, Most of all, I'd just like to say thank you to our super fans. Um, Daniel Thompson, Todd Guzman, Austin Pond, Mick Parrott, thank you very much for listening and engaging um, online. To all of our fantastic guests who gave graciously of their time 
um, all of you, but particularly repeat guest Karen Sims for inviting us into her lovely home with great foods. Uh, Shane Underoffer being having the most number of guest appearances under his belt uh, and often at short, short notice. Thank you so much. It uh, makes up for you constantly turning down playing lead guitar in my band. Uh, to Tim Long too, often coming in at short notice as well. Helpful, you live just down the road. Uh, also, Glyn Francis, Trav Nash and Ben Pobji for being repeat guests. Most of all, thank you, Paula, my long-suffering wife. Paula, you, you dealt with all the fiddly IT stuff that made me tear my hair out at the start. Um, the patience you showed me constantly re-watching all these Clint Eastwood movies and all these novels and books about his career and for my general distractedness, I would say, over the last year and a half. Uh, it's all over. I'm back to you now. So that's it. Um, please enjoy this first bonus episode. These are just outtakes we trimmed off all the episodes uh, to date. Things we had to remove for brevity, uh, for slander's sake sometimes. We went too far off on tangents or had pre-episode conversations. But I think they're worth listening to and hopefully they'll bring a, a smile to your to your face. Um, yeah, hopefully the next, the last two minute episodes um, we'll upload in mid-February or so. Um, and that's it for now. Please enjoy this bonus episode. I... Hope it makes your day from all at Dirty Harry Minute headquarters. Thank you very much for live, uh, listening. Love and mercy. Bye. I, I guess you've... Have you ever discussed the Pauline Kale review of uh, Dirty Harry? Many times, yes. Okay. A fascist <laughs> masterpiece. I won't bring it up then. <laughs> <laughs> A sore spot with this podcast, maybe. But of course, Clint's, um, Clint's post... Leone films had done very well Where Eagles There and so forth but I don't think the Seagull ones had done that well like obviously Hang Em High was Ted Post and but I don't think Two Mules had done that well yeah. I haven't heard of Two Coogan's Mule. Bluff uh, yes I haven't heard of Two Mules <laughs> two, mu- two Mules for Sister Sarah with Shirley MacLaine yeah as a nun was this at the sort of like end of the the reign of the Western as well. Because that, wasn't that mm-hmm. the whole thing? Is that the Western and then they just kind of overdid it in the same way that comic book movies now. <laughs> yeah. Where they were just like Western and oh, it's like you want to make a hit and it's like got to be a Western. And then people <laughs> just get sick of it. And yeah, I wonder if that was starting to happen in the... In the well, late- this movie is they're talking about, yeah, the Western loner becoming the cop, you know, the vigilante cop. Yeah, yeah. And see so here, very intelligently, it's in the West. San Francisco was the end of the wagon train. But this is a hundred years later. Oh yeah, the mythical Western character Clint's in the same location, but a hundred years later. And later on, where the village people would sing about going west too. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's good they can repurpose a lot of the old scripts from westerns and just be like, you know, instead of horse, it's like gets in car. You know, instead of land, you've got to have I don't know what. What do you get in the city instead of land? In the Build, country, you want to have land. You want to grow your own food. You know, you've got to be a real man and have some land. What do you want in the city, like? You gotta blow away your crim with a forty-four. That's, That's right. What you got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was this the same year as Shaft? Yeah, really. Yeah, nineteen seventy-one. Ah, do you think that there was ever um, talk of a kicker? Uh, maybe, maybe it was just sort of you know, um, but of like a buddy cop thing, like Shaft <laughs> and Dirty <laughs> Harry. Like because I mean, you know, how many sequels to Dirty Harry did they make? And they made four like of them. 
two Shaft movies? Oh, uh, yeah, Three, two Shaft sequels. But yeah. I suppose it would have been too much of like you know, too much um, miscegenation <laughs> of the movies. <laughs> yeah, the chief, and the chief is wearing a uniform, and the one with the lower rank is plain clothes. Yes, as well, which comes across as strange, but maybe it's not in the police force. <laughs> Was it a, 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 another revelation for you when you got to see it on DVD with the, you know, because it's what, 235 to 1 uh, yeah, aspect ratio. And to, you know, the first time we would have seen it or you would have seen it on pan scan. Did you feel that sort of same sense when you saw it again, like on DVD that like, did it feel, feel like seeing the movie for the first time again? Yeah, I mean, it was a revelation. We'll talk about later minutes, but things like you see the play Misty for me on the marquee in the background, and <laughs> it's just a lot more satisfying. But that's the case of a lot of my a lot of my uh, loved movies on DVD. I'm like, wow, this is even better than I thought it was. Well, the other one we, we always <laughs> refer to when we talk about this is The French Connection, yeah, which yeah, I actually yeah. watched again last week, and it's interesting See, because that's obviously shot in New York, but it makes New York look like a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was in the 70s, though, yeah, from what I, mean, I understand. Like. Yeah, it probably was. Um, but it's, whereas this kind of makes San Francisco look nice, despite its... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> despite <laughs> your risk of being sniped. Yeah. And, uh... um, Anything else to add? Were you guys talking about John Vernon just before? Mm. He was in Point Blank. I just remember. Oh, uh, yeah, just yeah. a few years before, oh, yeah. Another really... He's the one that gets turfed off the window, doesn't he? The guy that set him up. And uh, the original Spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> in the next minute, I think Harry's wearing some of his sauce. Is it in the next minute? Or the we'll find out. Two, three and I think, I, think his, I think the window gets broken. Is it of this shop later on? You may. We may find that as true. Well, so, some shops window gets broken. <laughs> um, the first thing I want to say is it's hilarious that you said... A 1971 classic starring Andy Robinson. The real hero. And <laughs> didn't mention Clint Eastwood. <laughs> well, there's more scenes with Clint, so we'll be able to talk about him more That's in the true. future. Yes, yeah, true. But Andy Robinson is very memorable. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. No, nothing. I'm, I'm trying to weave in something about the end credit and me being in the end credit on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're here, Shane. Oh, you will totally. You'll be the Albert Popwell for that other film I mentioned, and yeah. Fantastic. Speaking of April 1971, that's the um, the date up the top of the San Francisco Chronicle letter, the later that mm. Scorpio tears oh, up. Yeah. So. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Was staring at us. Spike Lee, remember, a few decades ago gave Clint some crap for um, the way his black people have been treated in his movies, and he pointed out to this scene, he goes, look, I gave three African-American stunt work, you know, well, you know, better than most people were doing at the time, even though they're, they're bad guys. And later in the next scene, next few scenes, we'll see a black doctor. And so is forth, Spike so. talking about like Gran Torino, where he's just I think a that's race when he, yeah. <laughs> from start to finish. But he directed the Charlie Parker. Yeah, well, thing that's right. As well, with who's in that? Not Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. yeah. Bird. Yeah. Oh, we did talk about in early minutes the you got the sort of sassy white guy jazz in the uh, music in the hot dog store, like yeah. and you've got some sort of faux solely stuff now that. Is around the the black characters, and Warner's Warner's must have known this was. We talked about we talked in our review of the trailer that it, it's a big part of the trailer. They must have knew this was gonna. Take I don't off. know if be controversial, but really, you know, yeah. seminal. This scene or the, this 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 line, like this line? lucky punk, yeah. It's like a William Burroughs, you know, just hacked together think piece. 
that was part of the the cop out that Sinatra gave. Well, he said his dad had died or something, didn't he? And yeah. also had a wrist injury, so he couldn't hold the gun properly. It broke his arm or something. Yeah. That, that was actually this whole time we've been true. recording. I think I, I've, at the beginning, I thought, need to discuss Sinatra because you picture him in it. And I completely forgot until now. Uh, so how does everyone think this scene would have gone down with Sinatra in the role? As, I think it would have been terrible. Yeah. Trend. Wow. I mean, it blown my mind. I speak without having seen The Detective, is it? Which was supposed to be okay or yeah, and, Tony and Rome, that stuff. What was the other one? The Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. Oh, he's a good actor, no doubt, but I don't know as a, as a policeman. Wasn't his hair sort of like Steve McQueen's yeah. at that time? Like, mate, were they just trying to get like a Steve McQueen <laughs> look alike yeah. or something? I really can't imagine Sinatra in, in San Francisco, you know? No, he's a New York guy. Or him doing those lines like, you owe, it to, you owe it to yourself to live a bit, Frank. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you the girls and stuff. <laughs> but you know, Shane, the urban myth was he didn't really injure his, his gun, uh, injure his hand. It was a, a wanking accident or something. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it was and made he, up he in high hold, school at couldn't all. Couldn't hold the forty-four Magnum. He's a pretty skin scrawny guy. Can you imagine with the big gun? I don't know. And children, that's what happens when you sit on your hand too hard to pretend it's someone else. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the, the the oil cost of the helicopters would have been maybe in the Maybe low hundreds of thousands. I don't know. Back then, there's a lot of it. Probably not. Probably, Probably not back then. No. Before the oil embargo, cheap, cheap petrol. Yeah. We'll see in future in future minutes. He could have just turned like as he was entering. Bressler's offer is, is was to the left, but he must have looked in there before he saw him as it was panning up to see that Bressler wasn't there because he yeah, could have just turned left, but he walked possibly. through. He's only worked there twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your hat to? Today. I have a, on a Columbia hat. What? What is that? I am a Warner Brothers fan, but I have a Columbia hat. The country, not Columbia. Columbia. Oh, I see. So there we go. Does are there any Dirty Harry connections in Columbia? Columbia, sorry. No. Can you call yourself a fan? No, there are no connections. <laughs> no connections. You really- no. I wear this hat to hide a balding head. Which was how Andy Robinson originally conceived the character of Scorpio, some boarding fat guy at a bus stop murdering uh Which murdering he's girls. not. He's got luxurious locks. He does. He's got the, the Harpo marks. Chico marks? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, Chico? Harpo, yeah. oh, I wish we got to talk about Chico in this minute. I think we may in the next minute. <laughs> well, he he makes an appearance at the end of this minute. He does. But he, yeah, I mean, he doesn't actually have any dialogue. No, uh, we we see him before we learn anything about him, and nobody refers to him, and we just see him. And yeah, like, oh, there's another guy in the room, guys. Mm. Anyway, we'll t- we'll talk about Chico next time. The, inco- the inconvenient minority left in the room. <laughs> no one wants no. to talk about. All our wives are going to hate us. I've not <laughs> probably met mine yet. But. <laughs> Speaking of kerning, because you, you weren't here for previous. Oh, sorry, we really you're talked not about that. To the, I um, I, I'm just, uh, just about the word Clint. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the L and the I. You've you got to be careful together. with the right. kerning. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, that's a rookie mistake. Oh, yeah. I thought we all knew that. Yeah. I'd love to compare them to see how truthful Milius is, how many of the lines were really part of Punched his up. script. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah, he, he said originally he wanted Scorpio, if we can imagine it, to be even more unhinged with like a flamethrower on the bus with the kids <laughs> wow. and all this Come stuff. Come on, it's not sci-fi. Wow. <laughs> and obviously everyone's darling... Um, Malik, he had the whole idea of Malik, being, yeah. you know, Scorpio killing just rich people. Just, I know, see. Yeah. I'd love to see their scripts, see how truthful they are. Because apparently 
when Clint came on broad after Sinatra and um, Kirshner and James Kahn left, he pretty much reverted to the, the Finky's original script. Hmm. But yeah, San Francisco, I think Damn. this is... Once again, I've got to rewatch Bullet because I, all I think of Bullet is like the hospital scene and then the open broad daylight car scenes. Yeah. I don't think of nighttime so much in Bullet. Lombard Street. And, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's ever San Francisco had ever been portrayed so um, seedily. I mean, it's not anything graphic or anything, but it's sort of like the underbelly they're going through now in North Beach where the strip clubs are. Is that like Tenderloin area? No, no. This, Like I said, North Beach was already becoming gentrified and so forth. The, the beat... Nick Generation stuff, had, the rents had skyrocketed. But there's still like a C, like, like um, what do you call it, like a Hindley Street part of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Hindley Street. But, um. And it's our first appearance of boobs. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Get those shot glasses <laughs> out. <laughs> if this is a drinking game, this you know- is the one and only time. No, first time you'll drink. There's an earlier scene where um, Harry's directed to have a partner who, and he refuses. Hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, it's for Chico. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're a few we're a few scenes away from um, that that uh, apocryphal scene where Harry um, Harry confronts uh, Scorpio during the chase. That's My the, dot dot dot. That's a big one. That's right. Clint Eastwood, correct me if I'm wrong. He would have been an established movie star by this stage of his career. Is oh, that correct? Well and truly, I think. And it was all from the westerns, right? Is it? Is yeah. It, was this film? Do you think this film was written in part to suit him more than Clint Eastwood suiting the character? Because you talked about no. Don Quixote. The character suits him. That's what I think. Ah, okay. Suits Clint Eastwood because people are acquainted with Clint Eastwood as a strong guy. So I think the character suits him. Um, it's funny you meant this is completely off topic, but I think it, I think it's kind of funny to mention this. I was having a chat with a former work colleague of mine, and she used to work at. Um, Target. Now, for the uh, international viewers, Target is basically a department store for very basic um, clothing mm. goods and household goods. The code for when the staff wanted to tell other staff that a theft is ongoing, I believe they called it a Chantel or a Chanel mm. to refer to a person. Like they named they named the event a person. So a Chanel is ongoing. Please, you know, please attend to your exit or, or whatever. They wouldn't actually say on the on the loudspeaker. There's a robbery in progress. They would say a Chanel or a Chantel is in progress. So, um, I they're think trying to steal Chanel. That, <laughs> well, they they or whatever the whatever the um the the poor man poor woman poor man's yeah, equivalent is. I they, suppose they've got no ability to, to make any arrests or apprehensions. No, of course they don't. But they're just they're being made aware of it, so customers aren't disturbed or no, no. one no one gets unnecessarily injured. It's better to let the event happen rather than to as yeah. from their point of view rather than be a hero and. Arrest yeah, that person. Yeah. I it's, suppose in a bygone era, maybe we, maybe we would like to arrest that person. Well, if, if Harry was there, I'm sure it would be a different story. Well, I mean, Pulp Fiction. Um, uh, uh, what's his um, Yolanda and yeah. oh, I don't know Yolanda and what's his face? Tim Roth. I don't know. Tim Roth. Tim yeah, Roth's in character the in the diner. He yeah. makes the point that you know the bus boy is getting paid dollar fifty an hour. He's not going to be a hero. You, yeah. it's a very harsh sentiment, but you might make, you might draw the same conclusion in this instance. So, but I don't think these codes for events aren't are restricted to military and police and fire operations. When Mr. Miyagi or David Suzuki goes in to see Hot Mary and her boyfriend. <laughs> Actually, it looks David, David Suzuki, so I meant not Mr. Miyagi, because he looks nothing like him. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't punish the guys who beat him up when he looks at Hot Mary. 
Yeah, that's right. right. And it, it, see, and the, that's the a neighborhood a, watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, see that that's a that's a deliberate ploy yeah, there I, I to to eulogise. Yeah, and Dirty Harry is to like no, no. This yeah. is I I did the wrong thing. I well, they it, thought I, I was doing the wrong yeah, thing. They, they, yeah, you know, and they're quite within a, and nobody questions what they think. They go. Look at the hot Mary, which is obviously what they were there to do. I was going to say, I love the neighbourhood watch. They all just coincidentally are also there. They all, they all, they all came out of their own hiding spot. Did I mean they were there in no time? There was fucking twenty people there. Hey, get out of the way! We can't see hot Mary. I think if I'd invested in a Blu-ray, Blu-ray, we may have um, been able to zoom in a bit better. A lot of people, well. Trent, when we made our parody Dirty Larry, we decided to <laughs> spend... <Suit> Larry? <laughs> that's what has been pointed out. We got rid of the whole last act and just ended with the um, Mount Davidson cross. Mm. But we changed it around so Harry was triumphant and actually killed Shaggy or Scorpio that time. <laughs> How come that wasn't game over? I mean, I'm probably not supposed to talk about that, but... It's in future minutes. Have I smoked Salem cigarettes? I think maybe as a teenager I might have. I'm just reading my own horoscope to see if I was to kidnap someone what the tips would be. If that was supposed to be what you did today and you've yeah. actually missed it and yeah. you're late. How embarrassing. But there's, there's a line here, don't forget, it never hurts to bring cookies. Which, you know. To the forest. To your abduction? Yeah, plan, I guess. Or the, the, to a party? Or the victim, I guess. The, oh, con- yeah. the conscientious Serial killer slash um, kidnapper mm. um, provides snacks and um, lotion and lotion <laughs> and the hose. The hose. <laughs> oh dear! The victim could be diabetic. They need sugar and a killer soundtrack. Yes. Killer yeah. Soundtrack yeah. By the killers. <laughs> Kick things off with Mr. Nice <laughs> Mr. Brightside. Whatever that song's called. Remember when we first met Chico all those minutes ago, Trent? Harry comes through here and says hello to the Secretary Mary, who doesn't appear in this scene. So this is the first time we've seen people enter through that side door. Oh, how about that, eh? Well, there's a touchstone moment. I'm glad I was here for that. (laughs) Had he made threats to blow up a school? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I think not yet. Okay. No. No. So, what you're saying in 2018, he's been swiped left on too many times <laughs> on, on his phone. Possibly. That, that, that's led to this moment. Poor dude. It, it's, uh, for off mic, that's how I stretched that minute out to an hour and 15, <laughs> by the way. Little pickups. And, pardon me, was there, there was a crime that happened in Australia that they think like after the movie that they think may have been influenced by Dirty Harry. Is that right? There was a kidnapping, yes. Um, yeah. Trent? School Deep bus. Of that school bus, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. That was... Um, and he went back to jail and then he was let out or released and did the same thing again. Did the same thing again. Oh, my goodness. He escaped, I think. He escaped, yeah. yeah. Demanded a million dollars. His name it. was Eastwood. Yes. Yeah. No yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in Faraday in Victoria, in Gippsland. Yeah, Dalesford. Oh, God, I can't even remember. I know the film that... Was a fictionalized account of it with Rachel Ward. It was called Fortress, and that was shot in Hall's Gap. But um, so they filmed a, f- they made a film about a guy who committed a crime based on a film. Yes, that's right. But they didn't touch on that. It was about the school. Te- it was a bunch okay. of school kids and their teacher who were abducted. Yeah, and it was about them and their survival and them kind of going crazy 
and becoming sort of savages. It's kind of like weird Lord of the Flies yeah, kind okay. of thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But that was by just being inspired by kidnapping the um, the children on the bus at the end. Sorry, based on a film that was based on real life as well. This mm, is yes. a really self-fulfilling. <laughs> Very meta. It's like Inception. Not that I know what that was about, but yeah. So, in Spinning 1960- tops. But isn't that interesting? Wrestlers wearing the ever-ready, like that'll always be standard issue oh, for God, yeah. officialdom. No, not at all. <laughs> Don't put that on there. No, I'm a fan of Clint Eastwood, but I'm not a big Dirty Harry fan. I've watched it, but the but I kind of I like his directing. To be honest, I think he's a really good director. But yeah, in fact, one of Clint's early movies. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Um, uh, the just uh, the, the one the Gauntlet. The Gauntlet. Have you seen the Gauntlet? Like that. That for me is um, just hilarious. <laughs> I could. Well, well, I like it in a in a in a that's very very silly kind of a way. Yeah, it's a very dim, dirty Harry. Harry, of, I mean, Clint, of course, has played a few cops in his time. Um, the other entries in the series, but there's also the Gauntlet that uh, Chaz was our previous guest was right. talking about, which is a different kind of movie because he's he's a bit of an incompetent police officer this this um officer ben or whatever and he's quite smart ass and against the uh his superiors but it's a bit more light-hearted in tone perfect just take it up where we left off yeah where was that roughly uh tim i'll let tim begin yeah we were t- i think we were talking about um whether the the ashtray outside <laughs> the office we had theories. There was an ashtray. There was a water fountain. Water. I thought it was a urinal. <laughs> That's a bit high. That would, Not to brag. Probably makes most sense. And the uh, chief ghost theory. The chief ghost theory. That yeah. checked out. Another idiot a few minutes ago was De Giorgio when um, you know one of the police officers killed in the in the stake at Jesus saves, and he goes, "Poor mm. Officer Collins never knew what hit him." And it's like, you've been tearing up the neighbourhood with a machine gun fire for like 30 <laughs> seconds. A guy comes down. You're on there on a stakeout looking for a killer. I think you knew. I think before he died, yeah. he had a faint idea of who was, yeah, who was yeah. killing him. I, I, think, I think a bullet would be right at the top of his guesses. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a shame they didn't have Fitbits in 1971. I know. He could he be monitoring have, his yeah. heart rate, his steps. He could be looking at how many Ks he did. Exactly. Like, it's, it's a whole thing. Like, did they even have gyms in the seventies? <laughs> of course they did. Look at Arnold. Arnold. Arnold was massive in That's the seventies. That's exactly who I thought of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm so just the modern gym as we know it. I'm trouble. I'm having trouble rem- like imagining it being in the seventies. In fact, it would have. They they would have had those. Ex- remember those like exercise bands in the seventies? Yeah. Where you yeah. just stood them and they just <laughs> vibrated you, and it was like, how the fuck is this supposed to accomplish anything? But. <laughs> Sanitariums they would have had. I think yeah. of Rocky. Rocky had to work out. Yeah. yeah. Smashing bits of big chunks of meat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's known to be good for your cardio. <laughs> yeah. And running up steps. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> now, Tim, is it the same car we've seen before, do you think, that Chico's in? The cop car, the, the squad car they were paroling the North Beach with? Yeah, what's the VIN number? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's different, isn't it? A squad car would have white doors, right? This is just a black car, I think. I was listening to a the audio commentary in a Midnight Cowboy, and apparently before Schlesinger, they asked Siegel to direct that. Really? Yeah. I don't know if that would have worked, but yeah. 
Where, where does this minute end? This minute ends with Harry going into his seat. Oh, he, he's on puffing the he's on the tram yeah, slash train fine. slash light rail. And we don't know if there was any chewing gum on the seat. And he's <laughs> oh man. <laughs> now, Tim, a lot of um, Clint's e- movies are quite dark, like the color palette and the cinematography. And it seems that's a big a big thing I've noticed and uh, other reviewers have commented on. You mean the ones he directs? Yes, or, that's or right. They all have a similar sort of darkened... Yeah, look. they're very murky and like, what's yeah. in the frame? And apparently this it caused... Um, the last movie they did together, Siegel, the director, and Clint, uh, Escape from Alcatraz, which I haven't seen in more than a decade, but I think it's a pretty good trick. Great, great film. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Patrick oh. McGowan, also in Colombo yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah, earlier. Patrick McGowan is one of those greats. And apparently... Eastwood interrupted in the editing of the film and even to the point of getting to the, going to the laboratory and make sure the dark town were muted down. Yeah. Wow. Likes his, he likes his prince a little dark. Alcatraz does. It is gorgeous looking for what it is. I mean, yeah. Even though, yeah, he's got that white part of the cross as the background, the closer it gets to it, the like more he shrinks in like every single direction. Like he's like imploding kind of thing. Yeah, man. Obviously, obviously, Burt Reynolds was in Everything You Want to Know About Sex, where he plays a, a sperm with yeah. Woody Allen. So, yeah, Harry that's a good, Clint, that's I want a good my reference life. The sequels are of varying quality, Irving. Yeah, right. Now, um, unless you maybe want to review one of them one day, but I'm not. I don't think we're going to touch <laughs> that. I'd like to do Every Which Way But Loose. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah. I'd actually like to do a podcast on all movies starring orangutans. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's Every Which Way But Loose, Any Which Way You Can, and uh, that other one with the deaf kid. You don't think you'll have to it'll degenerate just into baboons and not baboons, and monkeys, no. maybe apes, but no monkeys. <laughs> what's what's the one with the deaf kid? It's called, it's called <laughs> the best summer ever or something. There's this there's this deaf kid and his sister, and they like run away from home and they hook up with an orangutan, and there's some guys trying to catch the orangutan. <laughs> it's like is it a, a children a children's film? <laughs> yeah, basically a children's film. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, Sesame Street's Follow That Bird? Oh, they're... It's like that, that, except yeah. with an orangutan and a deaf kid instead of a uh. bird. <laughs> this was shot during summer, wasn't it? No, it was spring, we said. Spring, that's spring. right. Yeah. Andy Robinson said he was wearing uh, long johns in all his night scenes. Oh, okay. And, uh, John, I think we were just talking about Unbreakable. There was a scene in the stadium. Oh, yeah. Was there a security guard or something? I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, Kind of tense scene. Um. Mm. On a technical point, if you squat for long enough, do you technically own a sports stadium? (laughs) (laughs) In Victoria, we have the law of adverse possession, whereas if you can prove that you've maintained a property for seven years, you can, if conditions are satisfied, say that's your own property. Well, the floodlights still work. (laughs) So that's why you find farmers that put a fence around the property and regularly mow it, even though they don't. They don't use it, so they can say they've been maintaining it for seven years. Yes. Victoria is very progressive, if you didn't know, Ashley. Yeah, that's very lovely. But progressive in they, they can let people steal other people's land by stealth. <laughs> Am I right in thinking you're a millennial, technically? Or I think so. Does it shock your sense? Like- uh, technically, most, like, if you were born after 82 or in 82, you're a millennial. Okay. The next one, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what generation I, I've heard people call it. How about generation, generations, things are stupid because they're stupid. <laughs> like- Our friend Danger was saying that Clint, people born 1930 are from the silent generation. 
They're not the what's the one generation that went to World War Two? They're the great generation, the greatest generation. Yeah, something like that. Clint's in the middle, you know. Mm. So what? Clint's the stoic, the stoic generation. Is that? He was born in 1930, right? Yeah. So in San Francisco, of all places. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I just realized I'm cussing a lot. Is this a PG recording? No, no. good. That's fucking fine. I, I'm not going to stop. I just, you know what I mean. You might have to just bleep me out. It's very interesting you mentioned that. I was trying to recall last night for no one's reason but my own the first movie that Clint swears in, and is it Heartbreak? Ridge, he says the F word quite a lot. Really? But I think it's in Tightrope where he has a breakdown uh, when he's faced with another killer and he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. But Clint doesn't say the F word that much. When was that? 1986? 86, yeah. 86, so he would have been like 56 at the time or thereabouts. Shit, that's... Wow. Mm. Well, he says damn a lot. Damn was swearing back in those times. Damn was swearing back then. Really? Yeah, I'm just thinking about the music. And we were talking before that they're all... The music is just from point to point. Like, it's not... Apart from the Kizar Stadium scene. And, and the bit, that bit towards the beginning. But let's think, it's not really an action movie that we know it today, really, is it? No. No, I wouldn't consider And the relay scene, phone booth to phone booth, is just the sounds of the city, the diegetic sounds. Yeah. If you made that today, there'd be, you know, heaps of... Oh, there'd be a fucking soundtrack with Nickelback doing a fucking song at the end credits or something. I don't know. Get Hans Zimmer to... Uh, Michael, do you think, well, we were talking before, weren't we, early minute about the hair, whether Clint goes to the same hairdresser as the DA, but Clint's just got a bit more to work with there. <laughs> I, I remember at the beginning of the movie somewhere, they said, oh, why don't you get a haircut? To oh, That's where yeah. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. well, was it that long? Was it that rebellious back there in 1971? I wonder. <laughs> when are you getting a haircut, chief? With that gap, surely. Uh, the ga- harking back to episode last one, the gap between his teeth. Like, what woman wouldn't go nuts for that? Seriously, I'm going get, to get a crowbar between my two bottom teeth so I can go for that look. Man, that poor, that woman's boobs look less and less realistic every time yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, look less, they look less attractive, yeah. But do they look, do they look realistically fake? Like, do they look like today's boob job or like, would they no, have had like, that they back in like the 70s? No, like they look like she's wearing a boob shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like a gorilla. Yeah, she's wearing a tit shirt. <laughs> a titty shirt, yeah. So we don't get to talk about the freebie. Not just now. Oh, okay. But we will. Okay. Are we going to do another minute as well? Oh. Yeah. That's oh, okay. Oh, great. All right. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Yes. Now, why was he limping again? He got shot in the leg, didn't he? He got did. Shot in the leg. And then Harry the tortured him. In the knife. Allegedly. The leg. Yeah, we stood on it. Trying to, get, <laughs> trying to find out the whereabouts of the 14 year old raped and murdered, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Can, can you just pause that for a sec? Just go back to that last scene. We may be invaded in future bit. minutes. Okay. Tread carefully, Brad. Okay. <laughs> well, it's just that this is a motive. This is a, uh, a Clint Eastwood motive that uh, mm-hmm. future people have done, which is where cops always go, uh, I'll have your badge, or do yeah. you want my badge? Do and he says, yes. he says that at least twice in this film uh, that he'll give his badge. Can you just cut to the scene in the office there? We're in the uh, the cops' office. We are invading okay. a future. Minute, That's where all the badges go. Yeah. See, yeah, uh, all the surrendered badges. Future minute. Yeah. Suffice to say, I think we've noticed Clint maybe didn't disobey the script. He he was supposed to probably gesture over like, "You want my star?" Mm, and yeah. put his left hand out, but he failed to. But Trent, we are wading through righteous uh, abuses here. This is- hang on. 
Are we? Yeah, Are we officially? Yeah, yeah. Ah, shit. Yeah. No, 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 look. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, we just... Oh, we just... No, no, please, let's go back. Ah, sorry, guys. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. We forgot to mention previous minutes that it's a reversal. You may remember when Scorpio's on the rooftop looking to kill the gay black guy in the, in the Pashmina. Yeah. He's putting on those spo- the gloves. Yes. When he's about to kill a black guy. Here, a black guy's about to beat up a white guy, and he puts on gloves with those fighter spin... What do you call that with that... that- Dramatic way you put on gloves, like I don't know. A more intimidating version <laughs> of jazz hands. Jazz, jazz hands. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> our clientele tends. To, I say our clientele. <laughs> the three people that listen to it <laughs> tends oh, to one of them. the four. Yeah, you're one of those three. The three people that listen to it tend to keep asking us, like, when are you going to do this movie this year? I'm like, well, when it comes out. I'm probably the one of the three that really enjoys these old films, mm. like these '80s films. Um, so I think if we were to review like play Misty for me and my like Angus and Brody who joined me on the film size podcast yeah. shout out shout out to you guys I know you're not listening but um, <laughs> those who if they were to review it they'd review it based on the standards that we hold today in which case they'd slaughter yeah. that movie through the roof like we'd slaughter all of these movies like as great as these films are they're great because they still hold up not because if you were to release it now it'd do really well I think if you were to release Dirty Harry now it'd be a snooze fest to most people that aren't used to 80s films because it's slow. It doesn't have that fast-paced action. There's none of that, like, you know, kung fu choreography stuff. That'll come in the Deadpool where he's paired with an Asian-American psychic. Uh, which one is the one with Jim Carrey? You know, when, yes. you, when you guys do that movie, bring me on. So good. <laughs> Speaking of that, that's the only sequel of Dirty Harry where he comes back with the red vest and the, yeah. the grey thing, but he just looks so old. Really? It it, yeah. so 17 years later, he's still got the same fucking... You can draw connections to John Wick with this because he gets a dog, doesn't he? Dirty Harry gets a dog. Meathead. Meathead. Yeah. So... You could even draw that connection. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to review some of these old films, but I think we trash them and that it wouldn't do it justice. Like I'd have to defend them. I feel yeah. like they shouldn't need defending. I'm always weary as well with, with, yeah. for the same reason that, uh, I mean, not to say things were g- good morally. <laughs> How do I put this? Um, but defending as well, you've got to look at it in the context. What of you're the saying time, is everybody be should be a vigilante and you yeah. 100% condone that. That's Absolutely. Exactly. You've heard it, Trent 2019 quote? Everybody be a vigilante. Yep. Yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, I, I grew, grew up in Victoria here in, uh, you know, the s- southeast of Australia. As Brad was saying on the last podcast, you know, I grew up during that time in Victoria of yep. vigilanteism. So. Yeah. It's one of those things. I think if, you, if your country is starting to take to vigilante, African gangs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Isn't there a movie? There's a movie after this called Magnum Force where he tracks down a bunch of other cops. Vigilante cops. Oh, yep. Vigilante cops. He is one of them. Yeah. Well, that movie was to tone it down, saying he's not that bad, Harry. Yeah. So, but if you were to compare what they do to this movie, he's the same, except he doesn't have a motorbike yeah. or a cool leather jacket. That always confused me as I remember watching three of these. Is Magnum Force is the fourth one? Or is Deadpool the fourth one? Fourth one is Magnum Sudden Force. Impact. Magnum Force the third one, maybe. Magnum Force the second. Is it? Then the Enforcer. So I remember, I remember watching this and then the second one was like, but this time the bad guys are dirty cops. And I was like... He's literally called Dirty Harry because he's a dirty cop. <laughs> like, can I just butt in and butt in on myself and say <laughs> that's what Harry's doing to her? When um, <laughs> rude. Um, last year I worked with a man called Richard, and all year I looked at him and thought, "Dick." No, the opposite. <laughs> well, yeah, in a way. Um, can I interrupt you? You, yeah. as a kid at school, you know the real estate agent Richard Ellis. Yeah. We always joked like, uh, "Dick." 
Ellis? Dickless? Yeah, He's yeah. Dickless. <laughs> Sorry. Continue, Karen. Absolutely. Well, I don't know if you went to school with Sonia, but Sonia, Sonia, got to get on you. <laughs> <laughs> Pity any girl in my era that was called Sonia because that's what she got every day. Uh, I worked with this gorgeous man last year called Richard, and I knew he was gorgeous, and I couldn't quite work out why. Mm. And thankfully you guys came along because I got to re-watch Dirty Harry. He looks like Clint Eastwood. Wow. He's got, like, the clavicles, the cheekbones, the slow blink with the long lashes. Mm. <laughs> so thank you for my future fantasies. And please Let's- tell me the, re- the relationship ended when you said, I can't, I've got to get out of this. <laughs> I've got to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> I said, Richard, I've got to leave the force. <laughs> And he's got really, really leg, long legs. And we were in a meeting one day and his legs keep, kept on hitting mine. And I could only go two ways. I could love it and be pathetic. Or I could go, Richard, would you just move your femurs away from mine? <laughs> and I chose the latter because I didn't want to be pathetic. <laughs> That's but then now I've worked out, like, it really has been bugging me. Why do I find Richard so attractive? Yeah, he looks like Clint Eastwood. What a curse. Well, what a, what a sad life that man must <laughs> exactly. lead. Exactly, which I often told him. <laughs> Just stop basking in your own glory, If he Richard. looks like Clint Eastwood, you should ask him to try. I hear, heard Hugh Jackman's retired from being Wolverine, so <laughs> <laughs> probably on the lookout. I think Richard would do it, yeah. I know poor Jack. Uh, Hugh Jackman's gone a bit old now, hasn't he? Everybody. Ages. Did he ever work, work again? Like, talk about typecast. Like, how could you? Star Trek. He made it onto Star Trek. Well, I looked him up on, uh, on uh, you know, the interwebs and he went into local low budget theatre. What a surprise. <laughs> Once you've been that terrible serial killer in 1971, what else can you do? Scorpio's a little bitch and I hate him and he's ugly and he smells. Wow. You, you almost don't necessarily know what his motivation is here and obviously when he when he beats up the guy um becomes obvious that he's he's after his weapon um and he takes something out of the the cabinet i don't know if that's the next minute that's actually the next minute so i'm I'm, I'm speaking ahead of us aren't i (laughs) well speaking of lalo's soundtrack did you enjoy the music in this movie kandra i did um it was I think it's awesome. I ne- I don't think I necessarily like knew any of the songs directly, but I loved how they added to the feel of the movie and they definitely like gave it more context and just improved the setting of the movie. Yeah, and I don't think they really try and elicit a particular reaction. Like it doesn't f- the music never foreshadows what's about to happen. It just once once things happen like um Mount Davidson Cross then it kicks kicks in like it's really a soundtrack to the picture yeah i know, i know that myself personally when i think back on films i've watched the soundtrack is one of the things that i struggle to remember the most so and i think for this one i do remember it at least being more subtle and i did appreciate that like i i almost feel like when i rethink of scenes in this movie they were almost like silent in terms of music and i i feel like yeah, that that adds to... Maybe it's just because the minutes I've done before this were silent. Hey, I just found out... Look, some breaking IMDb news. Two of the kids... Are, the actors play the kids are Denise Dyer and Diane Dyer. In They're related. But they can't be... Re- Which ones? Girl- well, they're two girls. The two girls can't be related. I mean, you know... They're clearly different races. Well, that girl could be related to the boy. Is that another girl? 
Uh, see, there's a whole mystery here now. I want to know about the Dyer girls. I wish they would list... Okay, Richard Samuelson never played any role except Bus Kid. Pamela Tanimura. Just Bus Kid. Did I just call them Bus Kids? Yeah, just Bus Kid. I wish they'd differentiate, like singing Bus yeah, Kid. Yeah, Pigtail with uh, the races. Weird. See, I'm sure Pamela Tanimura is the singing bus kid, like not to racially profile. And we got, uh, it's weird having bus kids interspersed with nude and homosexual. Sean Maley. Oh no, he was in a few things. He's been in four things. He was in The Feminist and The Fuzz. Sounds good. Did you think anything about this minute in particular, Trav? I just feel sorry for those kids, especially hit that kid. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm in shock. The looking one? Yeah. Well, as soon as that happens, I think I'm like, that poor actor. Like, <laughs> like even if I know it's fake, but I think uh, that kid's gone through some pretty traumatic <laughs> experience. What did you think of this minute, Trent? Uh, not this minute in particular, but one before. I just noticed as we were uh, leading up to this that I think... In this reissue or this version of it, mm. some sound effects have actually been um, added back in. I have a feeling the VHS copy that was commonly circulating had when Scorpio hits the kid on the back of the head. Mm. This time, the thud sounded much louder to me. Okay. It was more. It was more sort of impactful. Whoa, that sounded really hard. Whereas previously, it was just sort of like a like a muted sound. I'll have to pull out the old VHS to see. Maybe it's just the DTS sound that brings mm. it out, Trav. I think the folly guy probably hates kids. <laughs> yeah, He's got a kid that's really annoying and really wanted to live vicariously through oh, his sound. Lots of cabbage being whacked on that yeah. one, or, or chopped. <laughs> or just used his own kid. <laughs> wow. Have we spoken about the kids uh, appearing in anything else at all? These apparently were... Were they the children of some of the crew? Yeah. One of them was children of even what, newspaper chronicle, something like that. Yeah, I can't, I can't find much information, but two of them, a boy and a girl, there are siblings. Can work out which ones? I can't. Probably because I haven't really tried. Is but, it the Dyson one? It's not the yeah. Their name's Dyer or something like that. The bow, the, the bow ties, the red and the white. <laughs> the bow ties, <laughs> which is what all kids wore in the seventies. It's like. Gee willikers, got my bow tie. Hope I don't get kidnapped. <laughs> got another quote from Clint Eastwood, Austin. It relates to his acting style. He says, I've never been a big aficionado of any particular actor, and so I don't think I come off looking influenced by them. Take Marlon Brando. In the 60s, there wasn't an actor on the screen who wasn't sitting around going, I'm a contender. Even when they were playing playing brain surgeons, they'd still be acting like Brando as some boxer. To me, one performance doesn't deserve imitation. It's degrading to imitate someone. Do your own thing. Your heroes aren't imitating people. Sound advice as an actor? Do you model your acting on anyone, Ollie? Um, Certain roles that you give Just Clint Eastwood. Just Clint Eastwood, yeah. (laughs) Was that a specific slap down to Arnold Schwarzenegger? That's not true. Jack Lemon was in the 60s. He didn't sound like Brando at all. I could have been a contender. I mean, Clint Eastwood doesn't have the greatest diction of any actor going Did around. Clint Eastwood only watch Marlon Brando movies, but he kept thinking they were different guys <laughs> imitating Marlon Brando? Would you like to see Marlon Brando play a brain surgeon? Actually, well, he could, actually, I've seen Marlon Brando in Mutiny on the Bounty. 
Oh, yeah. And he doesn't act anything like Marlon Brando in On the Waterfront. Marlon Brando did not just do one style of performance himself. Mm. So it's like, if I guess that's maybe that's Clint Eastwood's point. If you're imitating Marlon Brando, you're not imitating Marlon Brando because he didn't imitate himself. Yeah. Just remember that. Um, Marlon Brando did Shakespeare, man. Clint always said he wasn't a classical 50s actor, and that's why he didn't become to prominence till years, you know, decades later, really. He's more in the 30s, 40s mold of a tall, gangly guy. I mean, he's good looking, but he's not quite, you know, whoever was big. He's more Gary Cooper. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, the one that worked for him. You know, we were talking about the gun barrel and all these uh, specifications. Um, the mayor also has a zebra paperweight yes. on his desk. I just noticed that then. Um, I don't know if that's that symbolic. Was that an effemacy back in the 70s? Like, what would a manly man have this fruity uh, animal <laughs> on his desk? Uh, it's, it's zebra. It's uh, majestic. Um, they're cool looking. Like, that's why he would have that on his desk. Oh, how's it pronounced in America? Is it zebra or zebra? Zebra. How do you say it, Pete? Zebra. 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 So you say zebra? Zebra. Zebra? How do we yeah, say it? Zebra. Zebra. Yeah, yeah. zebra. zebra. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm just going to switch between the two. See how. And I just, I just realized we say anti hero, not anti. No, anti instead of anti. It's anti. Yeah. Anti. Yeah. anti. Like anti room or anti chamber. Mm hmm. I mean, look, look, I think I mentioned this in the last episode of um, Dirty Harry Minute uh, in the current season of Stranger Things. The mayor seems to be able to direct um, the sheriff. Uh, the the chief police character around, um, so it must be a it must be a trope in in uh, crime fighting uh, crime genre um, films, if you like, of the of the mayor or police having someone to yeah. answer to, if you like. Is that Amendment Number Two? Is freedom in the press, or is that no, that's the gun one? Is it in America? Free speech. Free speech is two. Free speech is the first. Yeah, the guns are second. Okay. okay. So for guns is second, right? Don't forget these. Yeah, are all, guns is number two. These are all amendments, right? So they, someone stuffed up in the constitution, and um, <laughs> right, and right, had to make an amendment. <laughs> had to make a small edit. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's. I've just got a little extract here from one of the um, post movie novelizations. It was called Harry Harry Death on the Docks. Anyway, so I don't know if this is canon or expanded universe. <laughs> Fan fiction. Yeah, Death on the Rocks. <laughs> Harry went back to his office on the seventh floor of the Justice Building. It was the summer murder season, and people were getting croaked with their normal regularity. <laughs> One nice thing about San Francisco was that it really didn't have any seasons. The average temperature for January was 50 degrees, and the average temperature for August was 60 degrees. So it wasn't like New York where murder became epidemic in the summer and settled into dull slaughter in the winter. Dull slaughter. San Fran was constant, <laughs> averaging a regular rate of homicide all year round. The only drawback for Harry was that things never really let up. Room 750 always had something to keep Harry entertained. <laughs> <laughs> As true today as it was when that novel was written. Is that true? <laughs> I didn't know you could forecast murder like you forecast Isn't it like a crime weather, never you know? sleeps or yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah. It's another uh, going to be another 
Another uh, fallout from climate change then is the increased murder rate as well. <laughs> That's why we have to do something about climate change. <laughs> well, I, they have correlated the stats, I think, with, with rising temperatures and murder. Like, I, I think that's one of the, like, if you look at the literature on climate change, like, for every half a degree that the temperature rises, like, the murder rate goes up some percentage. People get really angry that it's hot and go out and murder mm-hmm. someone. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, not. <laughs> yeah, maybe not fair yeah, enough. Maybe but. not. <laughs> Do you know what this movie was rated? Was there, was there MPAA ratings at that time when this movie came out? Yes, I think it wasn't. Um, so, what did Midnight Cowboy got? Yeah, they got an X as well, didn't it? I think this was whatever the step down is from an X. So restricted. Back in it would have been restricted then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it was rated 18A when when I when I put in the turned on the the movie last night, and I guess I not too sure how that like restricted was. You couldn't see it unless a parent, unless you had a guardian who would agree to to um, accompany you to the movie. And so if there was an adult who would uh, who would let you in, I think that's how it worked. Man, maybe it was... I may be wrong, though. Maybe it was restricted entirely to only to adults. And m- mature was you could get signed in. It's hard to remember now because they've changed all the ratings. Like I, when I was a kid, if you wanted to see a movie like that, like going to see Life of Brian, the Monty Python film, I had to... Oh. My friend and I had to convince someone in the lineup to, to sign for us to go in to see it. So... Really? to total strangers. <laughs> Would you mind signing us in to see this movie? Luckily, it was like a bunch of hip, you know, young hippies going to see it. So it's <laughs> probably no, no one, no one who didn't want to sign us in. Now, John, you've yes. seen more Clint Eastwood movies. Yes. Has he done a different accent, or is it just the same Clint Eastwood delivery? He has. Has he dared to do a French accent? No. Has he not been like? Oh la la, it's me, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I am a French Canadian. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good, a French Canadian. No, he in the movie, um, what is it called? The Tightrope or whatever, where he's in New Orleans. He's supposed to be supposed to have like a New Orleans accent. Yeah, but I, I didn't buy that, Dave. No, no, it's a terrible <laughs> accent. It's a terrible accent, but it's uh, that's he's supposed to be from New Orleans, so he doesn't he doesn't do a good accent, but he tries uh, for a little while. David, have you seen Pink Cadillac? Pink Cadillac. Have I seen Pink Cadillac? Yeah. No, no, I have not. No. It's the second movie he did with um, Jim Carrey in a small, 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 small role. (laughs) And um, he loves Jim Carrey. (laughs) He has some good acting chops in that, actually. He's with Bernadette Peters and he's impersonating her doing a female line. Okay. (laughs) And that's, um, he does a nice little feminine accent there. It's quite funny. Out of turn for him. Because I was just wondering with Clint. His accents, like, how does he go with them? Like, you know, but I guess he just does the one voice. You don't need him to do anything else. Well, Sergio Leone said he's got two acting styles, right? One with hat, one without, or yeah. with cigar, without. <laughs> well, to be fair to Clint Eastwood, I mean, he did he did do some things. Like, in the Spaghetti Westerns, he he made some, like, choice character choices that he brought to the, to the movies, so... I think I think he's kind of under I think he's kind of underrated and or overrated as an actor. I think he does okay in what he's yeah. what he's good at. But I, you know, when I learned that he didn't smoke, but he used the the little cheroots in those movies as a as a character thing, and also and that's what gave him the squint because he was it was so unpleasant to him to be smoking. I think that's like an interesting <laughs> character choice that he made. You know, that- and he's never stopped squinting. He's he's never gotten over it. <laughs> Squinton Clinton. <laughs> And because 
because Scorpio has just said, Jesus, you know, there's the obvious symbolism that he's, you know, Jesus jumping down. Our, um, our previous guest um, was a, is a geologist, and he pointed out that the state, I didn't know states had s- state stones, but is asbestostine or something, the Californian one, which is how we make asbestos. So um, it's a very toxic environment that both the antagonist and protagonist find themselves in, that this quarry uh, could be in a, have a bit of asbestos in it. <laughs> well, now it's got condos on it, didn't you say? <laughs> so God knows what's going on. Thank you for having us. Oh, I, I, I think it is there. Do you notice that Tom Skerritt can never smile because he's got terrible teeth? Yeah, that's right. Really angry smile. I mean, Megan, I'm, I'm proudly a beta male. I don't have any fantasy. I don't own a gun. I've never... I'm, a, I'm not much of an alpha male. I don't think I'm particularly attracted to it because of the gun or the righteousness of Harry being an, a social avenger, but... I was going to say something really intelligent, but it just slipped my mind, so I won't <laughs> Liberace. say um, I, I know it's not in our minute, but could we talk a little bit about Marcella? Um, briefly, it might end up on the cutting room floor. Oh, I mean, we've said goodness. everything we can about her. She's terrific. Well, I don't know that we have, because did anyone else say that it should be Marcella? Oh, Marcella. Yeah. This is the bus driver yeah. we're talking about, yeah. Megan. Did you like her okay. performance? Okay. And, and you can cut this out if you must. I just love the way she gets on the phone and like a true public servant says, it wasn't my fault he made me do it. (laughs) (laughs) She has got government work down pat. Not my fault. Killer hopped on the bus. Okay, you can. can, I'll I'll let you proceed. Um, Karen, I've I've had to think about um, why there was only one uh, controller at the the quarry. Oh, yeah. Um, So... And I think I can explain this. Sure. Um, so it's obvious that when Scorpio jumps on the school bus, that was a Friday afternoon. Uh-huh. And he's been on that bus for about 24 hours. Yes. And it's now gone into the weekend shift. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. <laughs> now there's just, they've gone down to one operator. Okay. And- <laughs> I, that, I think that stands up. So the little kid hadn't nicked off from school. Oh, he was, um, it was a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And, fishing. I mean, Harry's not on the case, so he's not getting his time and a half. And he wants to get That's it done right. quickly because he's got to go back to the diner. tell us how long it's been. So. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> we have, no, we have no, no time concept. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it could be Saturday afternoon for all we know. Or morning. Could be a morning. Yeah. Th- those kids could have been coming from language school. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what happens on Saturday mornings? Yeah. <laughs> Religious instruction. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, I know this is off topic, but what about the 25-year-old student on the bus? Yeah. <laughs> the, the girl that's completely <laughs> that's, age inappropriate. That's right. We called her the Irma Gerd girl. Irma Mar- Gerd. Marcella. <laughs> Mar- Marcella. <laughs> oh, Marcella. Splat or Pratt, whatever her name was. Platt. And I, I love what he does next, and I don't know if you want me to talk about that, but I'm busting to tell you what I think about it. That's allowed, isn't it, Trent? No, oh, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> You're the master. <laughs> tell us, Karen. I just love the way there is the silence as Psycho just goes off into the sump and we never hear from him again. Mm. And Harry takes out his little boy toy shop star... <laughs> and it's like him returning to being a kid because you know when you're up high and there's water down below you just cannot 
resist flicking something off, can yeah. you? Are you it's, talking about going to the toilet as a man? N- looking down at water? <laughs> I've never gone to the toilet as a man. <laughs> and at this stage, it's unlikely to happen. Um, but just... You know, like you're in, at a, on a pier and you just yeah, just have to throw something into yeah. the water. And especially with the star being star-shaped, it's going to fling. You know, it's going to do the the revolutions as he flings it off. And it's like it's the little boy in him <laughs> that he just has to fling his badge away because his career is over. He's done his dash for this movie anyhow. How do you describe – do you use the trademark name Band-Aids in America for the – the bandage on his neck, the sticking plaster, as English people say. What do you, what do you generically call that in America? Yeah, we call them band-aids. Band-aids, yeah. I find uh, extending to that, it has the camera pans out and it fades down the, the colour a little bit. You've got very brief credits, which was sort of standard at the time, but they don't sort of drag on and it's just... They're tiny and there's yeah. plenty of inaccuracies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Words are my thing. <laughs> um, yeah, killer, um, Chico. Oh, Norma only gets her first. <coughs> yeah, people's first names and last names are all modified. <laughs> so is there an example of a movie slightly in, in the Dirty Harry vein that does challenge us? Mm. Like, like as time went on, like would it have been in the eighties or even the nineties? You know, the Joker's challenging everyone. That's like a movie about Scorpio, an origin story, perhaps the new one. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I had a conference call this week, and the woman had just come out of seeing the Joker, and she said she was traumatized. Mm. She said it's a really shocking movie. I really suggest you see that. I, I really liked it. I know it's divisive. but Is it scary, though? You know what I'm not like scary. scary movies. But it's another movie where people might say it's irresponsible on the other end, not because of the, the bad guy, not because not of Harry, sorry, but because of the guy not getting his medication, how we treat these things, what oh, duty right. does society owe to detecting these things early and righteous anger. Oh, okay. And, mm. That sounds like something I would be interested in. i mm-hmm.